a gun with the four of the gators. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Just as, I was just checking to see if you were listening. From Destroyam, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all, all your guys' rap poison. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio and Tyler. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, before we get into anything, before we talk about the Florida Gators' close victory over Missouri, before we talk about what happened last week via our five wide and two point, before we even preview the LSU game and the rest of the college football world via five wide, we have an announcement to make, Tyler. Yes. We are, we are, I do not know the exact terminology. So just to cover ourselves for this week, I'm going to use the phrase, we are unofficially the official podcast of Gators Wire. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know the exact terminology i'm supposed to use so i'm going to cover our bases here hey, we're the yeah, unofficial I mean, official <laughs> podcast i like that of gators like wire that. thank you very much uh, gators wire as uh longtime listeners have um as they know is the website that i am a um contributing writer for i'm a staff writer at gatorswire.com it is the usa today sports media's uh, USA Today Sports, Sports Media Group, Florida Gators website. We cover everything Florida Gators related. That's where I do writing. It's where you will find the napkin, my weekly gambling piece. It's where you'll find my weekly column where I tackle a topic of my choosing each week. And now we're going to be the official podcast for Gators Wire. Uh, I want to thank uh, Editor Adam. Big shout out to Editor Adam. Love to love to get the love from him really appreciate the opportunity and if you are listening to this because you found us on gators wire welcome to the sideline welcome. judgment family uh i i am sergio as i mentioned i am the staff writer at gators wire and this my lovely lovely best friend looking at me through a zencaster recording screen uh is tyler k williams tyler you want to introduce yourself briefly and talk to talk to the people that are new here who you are what do you do Hi, new people. Didn't see you there. Um, yes, well, I'm you should have because podcasting is a visual media. Visual media, as, you, as yes. we all know. Um, yes, I'm Tyler K. Williams. I uh, went to the University of Florida where I met this lovely man uh, sitting very far across the country from me, but across me, this digital screen. Uh, in case you don't pick up on it, because we make jokes about it all the time, I currently reside in Los Angeles, California, um, and it's a big, uh, it's a big ten town, guys. It's a big ten town now. Um, can't believe I <laughs> can't believe I have been forced to live in a big ten town against my will. Um, yes, against uh, your will, against your will, Tyler. I, I was oh, the I big ten portion. moved here when the this was 10, a Pac twelve yes. town. <laughs> Correct. I, the big I ten portion. I wanted to live in a Pac twelve town, and then they switched up on me. Um, <laughs> And now I'm stuck here. <laughs> um, oh, God. Yes. Uh, and uh, having fun talking college football, talking Gators, talking all things college football here inside Inside Line Judgment, as we have been doing for many years now. Um, yes. Definitely yes. many years six, more. Six years of the podcast so far. Uh, and like Tyler said, many, many, many more. The structure of our podcast is simple. At the top of the podcast, we're going to go into, you know, just what happened during the week. 
uh, the past few weeks, we have had to talk about some coaching firings. Thankfully, we don't have to talk about that this week, Tyler. There is an uh, well, NFL coaching firing that may have that I would rope uh, into the college conversation. We will be very quick on about it, but continue. We, we'll, um, we'll briefly go into that, but uh, we'll do that. We'll then look at the week that happened, um, just kind of skimming through some some game results, and then we will talk about the Gator game that happened last week, where we'll go in depth. We will give our opinions. Um, this podcast started after the Tyree Cleveland fourth down, uh, Felipe Franks at Tyree Cleveland touchdown. We then met up. We both were in the uh, theater building at the University of Florida, and Tyler and I were friends, and we had been at the game together. And I said, you want to start a podcast and talk about the Gators? And he said, yeah, man, let's do it. And we've been going ever since. So the Florida Gators are at the core of our podcast. We will talk about them every single week, of course. And then we're also going to talk about the rest of the college football world. We have a five-wide and two-point segments. That is our weekly picks competition where we keep score. You'll pick up on that. We pick five games to go through. And then each of us get a two-point conversion per se, uh, where we don't know each other's choices until we reveal them live on the air, live at recording um, here on the air. And for each one, each game that we pick correctly within the five wide, we get one point. And for each game that we pick correctly with the two point, we get, you guessed it, two points. So we keep a tally as we go on um, into the fun little season long picks competition. So now yeah. that we've gone through the structure, also, now that we've also welcomed to also to uh, reiterate, Gator game is mm-hmm. always discussed in its own capacity. Oh, really yes. Gator game wide. never makes um, the five wide. Yep. Gator no, game is always excluded. Way, way longer talking about it. Um. And honestly, it's yes, we we do tell you who we think will win the Gator game, but we are always hoping I mean. the Gators win. <laughs> <laughs> we're, and on, on our sign off, you'll notice that we're really not biased, but go Gators. Um, go, Gators. Um, go Gators. Tyler, let's begin the episode. Thank you so much to all the new people coming in. Uh, GatorsWire.com is where you can find us every single week. Tyler, the week six takeaways, I made a joke about no firings in college football. But as you did mention, there's a certain NFL coach who has some history in the college football world. Tyler, what happened with the Carolina Panthers this weekend? Uh, well, they fired their head coach, Matt Rule, um, before Auburn fired Ryan Harson, which is wild to me. Um, not on my <laughs> but, bingo card. Uh, Matt Rule was not good in Carolina. And it's quite simple as that. Um, but... I mean, I, I do think large part of that can be attributed to not having a quarterback at any point, um, yeah. really. Like, and there is he, there is his he, he holds a lot of that blame on himself. But mm-hmm. here we are. However, Matt Rule was a wildly successful college football head coach, um, so you best be prepared for him to enter the sweepstakes for several big jobs. I'm interested. I can't pinpoint one that I would think he should go to. Additionally. Coaching, going from college, coaching in the pros and back to college does typically change a coach um, mm-hmm. in many ways. So we'll see how that happens. He, you know, Baylor's still doing fine. So um, yeah. he had a positive impact there. There are many openings. Uh, I don't know which ones he would even really be considered for. I know it's it's not open, but when Auburn opens, um, I'm there, sure he'll there be might considered be some for interest. the Auburn job. Um, yes. But we'll see because yes. I don't know. Matt Rule has never hit me as the recruiting guy, yeah. um, so we'll see. He, he's he's come across to me as a program builder, but I wouldn't necessarily say he's like a recruiting guru. And also, mm-hmm. I think it's important. The last time he coached in college football was 2019. At that time, there was no one-time transfer rule. There was no NIL. It is a different 
landscape in the college football now than it was when he last coached. Um, and like you said, Baylor's still running strong. That's a good sign. He kind of turned that program around. Um, and also, I think another sign in his favor is just how bad Temple is um, when all of the Matt Rule stuff kind of went away. You know, now that it's gone, mm-hmm. um, you can kind of see that, oh, that program really wasn't as strong as it was under him. So a lot of signs in his a lot of signs in his favor, you know, in the college football world. So that is something to keep an eye on. Um, Tyler, let's move forward. Let's take a look at the non five wide games from last week. Um very fun week of college football. Very like fun. Um, Very fun. Lots of backup yeah. quarterbacks, lots of injuries, unfortunate. Yeah. But in terms of the play, it was a fun week. Yeah. Shout out to Arizona State. Um, Embry Jones goes out with an injury. Uh, hope he's feeling, hope he's okay. Shout mm-hmm. out to Arizona State with a backup quarterback going beating Washington in a stadium full of nobody in the, quite frankly, ugliest uniforms I have ever seen. Um, they were bad. They were bad. They are literally beige. Who thought this was a good idea? Um, <laughs> the same person who designed those Jaguar jerseys that were the ombre. Uh, you the- can shut up. <laughs> <laughs> New listeners, Tyler is a unabashed Jacksonville Jaguars fan because he grew As up in Duval County, North Florida. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I knew that would. We don't you. talk about we don't talk about the mustard gold. Even though we that's did what you win call, that that's game. what you call it. <laughs> yeah, even though we the did mustard win gold? that. Yeah, mustard gold. My dad has a okay. mustard gold jersey, a Bortles jersey. I don't think he's worn that's it in like three years. That's what he spent money on? My dad makes a lot of money. I he know, can choose I know. to spend it the way. Um, Love your dad. Can, I'm just saying. Yeah. That's the jersey he bought? Anyway. Yes. Okay. Um, well, Bortles wasn't completely busted at this point. By the way, we won that game. Um, college football podcast, Tyler. Game. College football podcast. Right, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, notable matchups. Nebraska with a, um interim head coach beats Rutgers 14 to 13. <laughs> They finally win a one-score game, Tyler. They won a one-score game. Scott Frost, he was a curse. <laughs> you think? Um, a game that I watched at work on Friday night, Houston beating Memphis 33-32. to tw- uh, 32. Memphis was dominating the whole game, and then Houston comes in at the end and is just like, boom, 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 boom. They score at the end. Dana Holgerson smiled. Never seen that happen before. Wild. Crazy. It's fun to watch. Um a&M lost to Alabama 24 to 20. And if you're saying, well, that wasn't one of your five wide games last week. No, it was not. No, it was not. Um, we had um, to, to defend Young, ourselves. <laughs> um, yes, to we didn't ourselves. think it would be close. <laughs> no. Uh, and I underestimated um, the A&M defense because I think the A&M defense did a really good job of maintaining Alabama's offense with the backup quarterback in. Bryce Young was out. But he had that shoulder issue that he suffered against Arkansas held him out for this game didn't need it um tyler it wasn't a goal line fade so i'm not gonna hop on my do not throw goal line fades absolutely absolutely terrible play call um it was thrown over to the side it didn't end up getting anywhere close to the a&m wide receiver so it was kind of a question mark as to what are you calling there jimbo fisher um, for those who didn't watch it, it wasn't a goal line fade, but it was like kind of like an out route to go into the corner. Um, and it just didn't work out. Also, I kind of hate that play call. Yeah, I'm not a you know an actual play caller, but I hate that play call because like you come back, he, if, even if he caught it, he opened himself to not even be in the end zone when he caught it, you know. Right. And like to me, it looked like even if he had miraculously made that catch, the ball would have been outside the end zone because he had to come back to get it. That's I, yeah. 
game is on the line. No the question there is, do you put that? Um, yeah. Do you put that on Haynes King? Do you put that on the quarterback or do you put that on the play caller? I think, um, for I mean, I think it's play. a combination of things. Cause like maybe the receiver mm-hmm. didn't run deep enough. Maybe Haynes King threw it too close to the pylon. Also like, cause like there's ways to run that play better executed. Also, they maybe shouldn't have called that play. Mm-hmm. So like isolate your receiver to one side to make him like win, like a really tight thing like that. You need yeah. to maximize your ability to get somebody open. Space. Um, it's about space. You need to get yeah. your best players in space. And Everett Stewart's a really good player. I just yeah. – there's just no well, place. It's, for, it's also that, it's that there's that analytics thing where it was um, goal line fades. I was saying I'm not a huge goal line fade person, but like goal line fades make sense on like a first or second down because it's like a low percentage completion but very hard to intercept a goal line fade. You know, it's like first, second down, you know, if you're at goal line, try it out if you think you got to – because then you'll get another down. It's very unlikely that you'll turn this ball over. But on mm-hmm. third and fourth down, when you need this, don't run a low percentage completion play. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you know how I feel. I, I have like two rules that I like swear by. One of them is don't punt when you're in opposing territory. Like, just don't do that. I'm That's with you on that. And unless you have Megatron, don't throw a goal line fade. Just I mean, simple. This is like, at- uh, and I have what I have one. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Calvin Johnson? Are you Calvin Johnson? Are you Calvin Johnson? No, you're not. Okay, we're not running a goal line fade. It's that simple to me. It really is. <laughs> this is like me and my one rule of like you always go for it on fourth and one. I don't care. You have to believe you can get three feet. Which, yes, um, exactly, exactly. Like if you don't believe your offense in any situation can get three feet forward, just mm-hmm. three feet, then you don't deserve to be like running a football team. But I digress. completely, um, I digress. We spent too much time on a non-five wide game. But it, okay. anyway. Let's well, that, let's keep yeah. going. Okay, uh, Georgia I, I beat Auburn. Have, oh yeah, Georgia beat Auburn. And just wanted to point that out. They still have a coach. That's why I'm mentioning this because Brian Harson is still, as of Tuesday afternoon, still the coach at the University of Auburn. They uh, Auburn gave up a like 60 yard sets and Bennett touchdown run where he was not touched. Yeah, I saw that. I did see that. And that's that was all I'm going to say. Delivery about that. by the mailman. Express delivery. <laughs> It, it wasn't airmail, but it was it was on ground express express delivery. That was an overnight, Prime fully guaranteed. Right there, <laughs> uh, Tyler. What what were the three games you were about to mention? Okay. You said uh, first of all, um, Illinois nine, Iowa six. Nice. Um, what nice? Nice if um, six nine. Nice. Okay. <laughs> nice. Also, to see Iowa attempt a two minute drill, comedic comedic brilliance. Comedy gold. <laughs> comedy gold. Uh, compared with that clip of Kirk Ferentz that came out where it's just like, what's the most overrated stat in football? And he said, I think offensive yardage. And I'm like, you know what? I truly believe that you think that. <laughs> the, the best part about that clip that was on Twitter was the fact that it was a picture of Ryan Day while they <laughs> asked the question. And then like three minutes right before – it like cuts directly to Kirk Ferentz and he says, I think offensive yardage. And so it comes out of nowhere. It's fan. Anyway, yeah. chef's kiss. Other what two, um, uh, UNC 27, Miami 24. Um, so North Carolina, interesting game. I, uh, I will say I saw parts of this game. Um, Miami's offense, not an issue. Miami's offense in the red zone massive flag <laughs> absolutely that is yeah because i was like tyler van dyke is making some throws they have mm-hmm. playmakers but they just cannot execute 
Like, yeah, when especially in the red zone. That's that's yeah. the issue for them. And um, uh, we talked about all season long the North Carolina defense not being the best. I'm not here to say that they've improved to the point where they're considered decent. No. But Miami did help them out in that sense, you know? Yeah. Um, also, Georgia Tech – 23 Duke 20 in overtime. Georgia Tech does the Nebraska thing and wins. Georgia Tech has won two straight games <laughs> since firing what? Jeff Collins. Not just one, my friend. Two <laughs> conference games since firing Jeff Collins. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I completely agree. Um, I'm uh, looking also, through I totally here. forgot. I'm just looking at it. Oregon State 28, Stanford 27. Um, yes. Yes. John in Smith a, in knows a, what he's doing. Absolutely. Um, we also got uh, South Carolina ends up upsetting Kentucky 24-14. Um, will Levis did not play oh. in that game for the record. Yeah. So take that with what you will. And the Kentucky offensive line is hot doo-doo. So take that with what you will. But South Carolina getting that win. Um, that's pretty much all I have. Oh, maybe Louisville beating um, Virginia 34-17 without Malik Cunningham at quarterback. Uh, ends up coming back really, really a save your job situation for Scott Satterfield. So mm-hmm. interesting to see that there. Um, all right. I think that's, that's about it. Let's move on, Tyler. Let's talk about the Gator game. Okay. Florida Let's 24, Missouri 17. Um, clearly story of this football game was defense um, on both sides of the ball because the Missouri defensive front was really, really good as, as we expected but on to, on our side of the ball, great to see Jaden Hill doing his thing. Yes. Second game back from injury, only his like I, I, I don't think he's played a full season in terms of games. He's only played. He was out in 2020. He had back to back ACL tears. Gets a pick six and then gets another interception later on in the game um, when the Gators needed it. Very happy for him. What did you see from our defense and what did you see from the Missouri uh, defense? Just so from Gator defense. Uh, yeah. Just further highlights that uh, Ventrell Miller is the heart soul of this team. Is this he's defense. everywhere. Like, he's he's Michael Myers. He's everywhere. You turn around. Yeah, it's he's insane. There. Um, and it's insane how good he is. Uh, Jaden Hill, great stuff. Uh, I'll say it, it was the tough thing. It so there were multiple situations late in game where third and longs were there and the Gator defense gave up those certain longs. Now, from what I saw, it felt to me like it was players not tackling, players not executing, more than like scheme. It's like for Graham, for the Grantham defenses felt a lot like, why are we, Ugh, why which, are we blitzing? What are we doing? Yeah. What, what is, what is the alignment here? Yeah. Well, like there's, there's the third and 22 that they gave up to the running back where like Florida player has him only three yards past the line of scrimmage right in front of him. He's covering him. He can just, if he just makes this tackle, you know, you force Brady cook, to make like a three yard throw on third and 22. It's just like, if you make this tackle, this is an excellent defensive play. We're raving about it. Mm-hmm. He misses the tackle and guy goes, goes for it. So it's one of those things where like, again, I think we're still, the defense is still growing. I don't, I'm not as worried about like the scheme or anything like that, but you know, like we are, this is a lot of the same players as last year which we, and the year before that, which were not great defenses. So we're still learning. We're still having to execute, get new players in there. But I was very, you know, I was very impressed. Now, is it frustrating considering that Brady Cook is not good at playing the position of quarterback and you know <laughs> they were they were moving the ball? Yes, but Florida largely did not give up any explosive plays pretty much until late. Mm-hmm. Um, and despite how ugly this game felt at times, Florida never trailed um, in this game at any point. And 
this game played out pretty much the way we thought. On Missouri's side, uh, their defensive line was just kicking our kicking our butt. Insane. It's just so good. Like I was, there was a lot of times where I was like, I think I texted you this where I was just like, I don't even know what to say about it because like, yeah, we should run the ball more, but like, what are we supposed to do? They're just like, it's not like usually again as a Florida fan, um, a lot of any problems that Florida causes can be solved by something Florida can do or Florida's not doing. Because yeah. Florida has the type of players, Florida's that type of program. Very seldomly do you come up with a situation where I'm like, we're doing everything we can and it's just not working. Um, yeah. This was one of those situations where in the first half where I'm just like, I don't know what you want them to do. Like um, mm-hmm. Missouri's defensive line is just kicking our butt. Like, um, yeah. But, but I think to, to their credit, Tyler, I think they did make those adjustments for the second half because after yes. only having 65 yards of offense in the first half, the offense explodes in the second half. Yes, granted. There were a few explosive plays there. You had the Travis uh, Travis Etienne. You had the Trevor Etienne bounce run on the right-hand side where he goes up for maybe 20, 30 yards. From there, they have to start respecting that kind of play action. You end up getting the play action in. Richardson starts to make those throws on the first and second levels, moving the ball. Once you have that kind of success with those like big plays, someone like Trevor Etienne setting it up, someone like Montreal uh, Johnson going ahead and getting upfield with that. Uh, I, I wrote up in my good, bad, ugly on Gators wire, um, the, the staff recap in my section after the game, I wrote that Montreal, Montreal, um, tra- um, I keep wanting to say Travis Etienne, uh, <laughs> Trevor Etienne, uh, and Anthony Richardson all had runs of at least 30 yards in the second half each individually. So that's, that's at least 90 yards there close to a hundred yards of just on those three plays by three three different um florida backs you know so to me it had that emphasis on it we were able to make those adjustments the offensive line was able to get a little bit more push off the ball um it helps when you have someone like osiris torrance out there quite literally the best offensive guard in the country probably a first round draft pick next season like it helps when you have guys like that um but it, it, it like you said just like what you said on the defense side of the ball where the scheme was right it was just players not executing i thought on the offensive side of the ball the scheme was right and the players were not executing as much as yeah. I hate throwing the wide receiver screens into the, you know, as right out of getting the ball that quickly out of Richardson's hands and throwing those screens. Richardson really wasn't hitting on That's those. The, in the the, first there's, half, there's a lot of know? like, Oh, on a third and three, we throw it out to Xavier Henderson behind the line of scrimmage. Everybody's just like, this is a terrible play. And I'm like, yeah, well, if Xavier, if Xavier Henderson who has two hands on the ball, when it hits him mm-hmm. catches it and it is in front of him, I'll say Anthony Richardson has to throw that better. I was like, mm-hmm. that's green grass. That's a, like at least four yards. Like that is yeah. – that's a first down. And I'm not mm-hmm. a huge fan given the – we should kind of say this. Given our personnel, in my opinion, I'm not a yep. huge fan of the wide receiver screens. I'm right. a fan of it – not a fan, but like I accept it and understand the role that it plays. Like like when Kyle Trask here, when we throw those things, because we had Kadarius Tony back there and Tra- Trayvon Grimes – like yeah, those things, were going, those things were going for first downs. Like, yeah, we don't have those type of players. We don't have the speed and space type of players. Like, well, it's it's it what I've said every week, Tyler, this entire season. If you show me that the scheme is working, if you show me that the plan there is X is is smart and sound, but the players are just not executing, I am happy with this season because the entire point of bringing Billy Napier in was, hey. Mullen is not recruiting to the level that we need to be able to compete for a championship. You cannot expect his system, his offensive scheme to work right away when you don't have the chance to rebuild the roster the way that Napier wants to rebuild it. We are on the right track. We are on the right path. 
There are recruits that are buying into this program. Napier is out there recruiting. He knows what he's doing. We just need to give it time. And the fact that, yes, and on the defense side of the ball, like what you were saying, the players are in the right positions to make the to to make the right decisions. They're just not making those yeah. decisions. I'm okay with that from a long term point. Yes. Um, from a three thousand level it view for this the season, alternative. it is better. It is better Correct. than the alternative. Like right. it is nice to player. Like and then those players are in the right positions. They just don't, mm-hmm. don't make the tackle. Xavier Henderson yep. is in the right position. He just doesn't catch the ball. And yep. Well, it's just like uh, in the interception Anthony Richardson threw was like a little high. They put it up so that Ricky Pearsall could get it um, mm-hmm. and couldn't, you know. And it's one of those things where, you know, it bounces into a Missouri receiver's hands. Unfortunate, right. when it happened, it was very, like, anxiety-inducing. But again, you look mm-hmm. back at that and you're like, that, I can live with that, you know? Right. And, and it's not like it was the Kentucky interception where it was a clear miscommunication. Well, yeah. and, right? <laughs> yeah. right, those sucked. But that one was, also, he puts it in, you know, whatever. I mean, I know that we are we love Anthony Richardson on this podcast, even through all the sports and everything. Uh, and I, I mean, I said that like he looked injured for a while in that game, and I was like, you might have to go to Kitna just for this game. I'm not saying venture for the season. I'm like for this Correct. game because Anthony Richardson was like three straight drives where he ended like hobbling, and I was like, cool. Mm-hmm. You might need to like cut this thread for just this game, and then the second half adjustments came out. Different quarterback that throw yep. that touchdown to seal the get seal the deal. That was an NFL throw. Excellent. That was, that was an NFL throw. throw. On the run, we're talking about that red zone rollout that he found Pearsall in the back of the end zone. Split it between three defenders. Found the right lane. On the run. NFL throw. Great play call. Great execution. And again, like we say, Richardson has not had a lot of time um, relative to other quarterbacks in this conference and in the country. So it's going to take time for him to get. I really do believe that he would benefit greatly from staying one more year. I don't think he's going yeah. to the NFL. I mean, like, unless something drastic happens this year, I don't mm-hmm. think that's in the cards for him. And I think that's good. I mean, like, like we like we've said multiple times, and for new listeners, you will be hearing us say this: these growing pains they should have happened last year. Yep, but they're happening this year, and we have to accept that. Like, um, yes, but the team I yes. think is getting better. This is this game played out the way that we thought it would, um, and they won. And, you know, I agree. This, uh, Missouri's Missouri. This is what Missouri's is. Also, Missouri is a tough out. Like that mm-hmm. is what they've been to everyone this season. And yeah. Florida weathered that storm. Completely agree. Completely agree. Uh, Tyler, let's move forward. We will get to the LSU game in a second, but I want to recap five wide quickly from last week before we go ahead and talk about LSU because I know we both have a lot of thoughts on this LSU game. Um, TCU 38, Kansas 31. Tyler and I, we both picked TCU, so neither one of us gets point. I'm sorry. No, we, we both picked, picked Kansas. Kansas. How dare you say that? I know. Um, we're a Jayhawks podcast. New listeners, I want you to realize this right now. I'm going to say this right here. Yes, we are. Officially, we are a Florida Gators podcast. Obviously, that is what we do. Unofficially, we are a Kansas Jayhawks podcast. We are an Oregon State podcast. And for this season, we have adopted to be an Arkansas podcast which unfortunate for us, we might have to reevaluate that position, Tyler, um, given mm-hmm. the recent results that we've had. But um, those are our three unofficial designations. You especially, you were in, in both feet in the pool. Um, anyway, so I apologize to our Kansas Jayhawks for disrespecting them right there. Um, we both picked Kansas. We do not get the points. TCU gets the win. Tyler, what'd you quickly, what'd you think of this game, man? Because Kansas's quarterback, um, Daniels goes out with an injury and their backup comes in, throws four touchdowns in the second half. 
looked pretty good. I just think it's another feather in the cap of Lance Leopold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it, 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 I saw somebody, Ben Solak on Twitter said this was funny. It was just like, Kansas is so weird because they have this thing, our backup quarterback throws dimes, like, uh, for touchdowns, but that's just, like, a gimmick of our offense. Like, we, that's not <laughs> even, like, the main thing that we do. Like, um, it's not one of the most diverse run games in college football. Lance Leopold is so good at this. And, I mean, like, they lost the game. TCU is real good. Um, TCU is real mm-hmm. good, and I think that uh, I don't think this I don't think there's anything wrong with Kansas. I think yeah, another feather in the cap of um, Lance Leopold, and you know this is a great game, and Kansas will Kansas will back bounce back, and TCU should be very happy with their hire of Sunny Dykes because it seems to be working out for them. It does. It does seem to be working out for them. And hey, look, these were two of the best teams in the conference. No hyperbole. Seriously, these were two of the best teams in the conference in a really good matchup. So. Um, no love lost there. No, 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 not no love lost. I mean, no disrespect there to Kansas. Um, for sure. Good game. I agree with you. Another. Okay. All right. I need, we need, okay. We need to start. We need, we're going to have a deeper conversation about this in about 10 minutes when we get to the, their next game. But for now, Tennessee 40 LSU 13, I picked Tennessee. I get the point. You did not. You picked LSU. You do not get a point. I'm, we we need to this is charles barkley meme we need to have a dialogue about the tennessee volunteers tyler i hate to hear that because it's so true um <laughs> i don't want to talk about the tennessee volunteers but we definitely need to we definitely need to okay uh, yeah, they, i mean they dominated this game start, start to finish mm-hmm. but absolutely a, the quick score to say quick score to start yeah, yeah. The most interesting thing about them is stuff that we will talk about how this relates to the Alabama game, which spoilers, um, we will be discussing shortly. Yes, <laughs> um, it will be. Let's move. Let's move forward then. Uh, Texas 49, Oklahoma zero. Tyler, you picked Texas. I picked Oklahoma. Um, I got as many points as Oklahoma did this week <laughs> on that game. Unfortunately, that, that is in the big 12 to get shut out. And I know the Big 12 ain't what it was five years ago, but to get shut out in the Big 12 and your Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty bad. I don't – A UCF fan would say this just means that Dylan Gabriel should win the Heisman. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. What a stray. What look, a stray. Look what they are without him. <laughs> you, you're not wrong you're not wrong he is a very important no, I mean, part they would of not that team shut out they would not have been shut out dealing no. was healthy and playing like, let's be well, very clear i'm making a joke but of course. um of course but there's one thing here there's a few things here oklahoma moved the ball pretty well yeah in the 20s seriously and then it, it was no genuinely was, listen it was the scary money don't make money principle but sometimes when you got brave money, you're going to lose some money sometimes, and that's it is what it is. That's that's what happened. There was a interception on a jump pass. There was a goal line stand. There was a bunch of stuff in this game where Oklahoma actually, you know, did relatively well offensively between the twenties. They just couldn't execute. And honestly, it I don't know, man. Um, uh, I, I'm going to say what I told my brother, who is an Oklahoma alum and a massive OU fan. I told him just because you guys are struggling right now in the first year of a new coach with a different system and your above average college quarterback, your top – I'm going to call him a top-level starter. He's a top-10 yeah. college football starter, Dylan Gabriel is. 
out with a concussion with your backup quarterback and it's a rivalry game and all of these factors and Quinn Ewers comes back from the injury on the other and side Quinn Ewers comes back and is balling out like we thought this, he would yeah don't burn the boats is what I'm saying all right yeah. just have some patience it's going to take some time um and that's okay that's all right even the big programs like Oklahoma they're still one of the Oklahoma's never been bad like, go, ahead, be go back and look at it they've Oklahoma never be been fine. bad they'll be, they'll be okay they'll be okay um I, honestly, the thing about this is that I'm like, man, if Quinn Ewers does not get injured this season, Texas might be undefeated. Like, that's not a stretch might, for me yeah. to say that. No, no, like, it's not. It's not. Like, it's not. They, they it's lost not a stretch Texas at all. Tech game. With Texas Tech is very good, but they lost that mm-hmm. game very close with their back quarterback. They lost to Alabama very close with their back quarterback. I mean, I don't like to live in that world because, like, there were like three quarters of football between when Quinn Ewers went out. And went back yeah. in like that's not as simple right. as being like yeah if he played he would have won, but mm-hmm. um, but you know I, they're so good, like they are, they are. They're, it's it's a clear and obvious improvement from years prior, especially yeah. on the on the lines, the offensive yeah. and defensive fronts. I think they're doing well there. So, yeah. Tyler, a game you that you that, were like, <laughs> <laughs> a game where you texted me and you were like, hey, this is a really good game. You should put this on was utah 32 ucla 42 we both picked utah neither of us gets the points here um this was a good game a really good game i think very good game what really hurt utah in this is um end of the first half they had this crazy Mm. good drive cameron rising was yeah cameron rising played well this this game he played really well for a team for not having brent keithy for not for for their receiving court being kind of below average for the most part they were moving the ball through the air they had a balanced offense um but at the end of the first half they put on this crazy drive and this game was closer at this point uh and they missed the field goal um yeah. and so to come away with no points and i think you should like get the ball to start yep. I, I don't correct me yep, if i'm wrong they did. But, no they did they did uh i don't know UCLA just a little bit more explosive than utah utah very Is- good but UCLA, i think it's just way was usually is way more explosive than them and that mattered in this game i i agree um i'm gonna put this i'm gonna give you this question right now since their ucla is not in our five wide this week so we're not going to talk about them later is this another chapter in the chip kelly book or is this just kind of taking advantage of a veteran roster they've kind of worked in that system for a while like is this the stars aligning or is this really chip kelly saying i still got one more run in me i i want to be generous and say that it's he's got one more run in him i think it's the stars aligning because mm-hmm. he still has dorian thompson robinson he's yeah. had dorian thompson robinson all these years he has had he's like uh he's a like covid senior at this point like mm-hmm he and he is he's operating this offense until i see like i would love for that to be true for chip kelly to be working out and like i don't think it would have worked if he'd gone to florida but it seems to be working at ucla because he had the time to do this mm-hmm. but i think a large part of that is the fact that dorian thompson robinson is perfect quarterback for his system and it's his like fifth year in that system yeah and and yes, they've got a bunch of Zach Charbonnet transfer from Michigan. They've got a bunch of really good explosive players. Like it's not just Dorian Thompson Robinson. But I am not convinced that another quarterback can come in next year and operate this offense to the level of efficiency that DTR is. 
Yeah, and, that, and also they, they took in a lot of transfers. Yeah, and like considering their defense is, eh, um, right. It's all offense. Like if their offense sucks next year, they're gonna have a problem. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So I don't. I, I I think this is just a really special year. Like, um, mm-hmm. and we'll see next year. But because I just I haven't seen any other quarterback but Dorian Thompson Robinson do it in Chip Kelly's system at UCLA. Like, yeah. So I want to see how maybe Dorian Thompson Robinson is just really good. Yeah. Um, you don't know. We won't or know. He's we won't know. Really, really good in that system. Which yeah. You know, you know me. That's not a knock for me. I'm just saying. So no, oh, good. All right, just wanted to to you. You asked me that whole Georgia question last week, and I wanted to come in with no, a question for you. Great, it was a good was question. It was a good question. Yeah. Last one in five wide. Texas Tech 31, Oklahoma State 41. We both get the points on that one. Oklahoma State looks really good. They're good. Oklahoma State looks really good. They are a really good football team. They are a top tier college football team this season. Um. Similar to DTR, and it's just kind of working out. Spencer Sanders is not the Spencer Sanders we saw the past couple years. He's finally living up to that potential that we saw that was talked about him when he made his start as a true freshman and all that kind of stuff. Like It's working out for them. They're doing a good job. And I I praised it at the beginning. They had a little bit of a slow start, and I know the score doesn't necessarily reflect that, but I like Derek Mason's defensive play calling it. At Oklahoma State, it's a very bend don't break yeah. mentality, and they're really fi- they're finding stops when they need the stops. You know, yeah. they may not be and, holding yeah. opponents to ten points, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and te- I mean to be fair, Texas Tech is a very good offense. Like, mm-hmm. um, so like you're you're gonna be giving up points, but like Texas yes. Tech has scored on everybody this season. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, Oklahoma State looks good. Yep, looks. Good. I agree. I agree. Uh, we both get the points on that one for two point. I picked BYU to beat Notre Dame last week, and I was hoping it would work out. And then late in the game, it ended up not working out. Um, BYU was coming back. Another win for Roman Catholicism. (laughs) (laughs) Inquisition, the Inquisition. (laughs) Um, The non-denomination bowl goes to the Catholics as most religious – never mind. That was just (laughs) – Don't go that far. (laughs) Too far. Too far. The point being, Notre Dame won. I did not get any points there. Um, unfortunate because this BYU team showed a lot of promise to start, and I really hopped on early. Um, I'm, I'm having to burn off some – to sell some stock as I go. Um, but on the Notre Dame side, they look they look better than than in years, weeks prior. The offense yeah. is kind of clicking a little bit more. They're growing. They're getting better. Um, and this is something that I think is good for them in the long run. So that's my opinion on that game. Um, and then for you, Tyler, Arkansas 17, Mississippi State 40. You picked our Razorbacks, and unfortunately, it did not work out for us. Man, we'll say I'm KJ Jefferson did not play in this game. Yes. Did not play in this game. I Big will factor, also, in my opinion. To shout out Jonathan Acosta, um, for also Gator who covers the Razorbacks. Friend uh, of the pod. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Two of the, two so of the fellow Colombian American, I will point out. Uh, my yeah. boy. La Costura. Um, he he said Malik Hornsby should have been the starter and he wasn't, and mm-hmm. then he watched the, the drives that Malik Hornsby gets and I'm like, yeah, why wasn't he starting? Um, yep. Uh, also, you know, Mississippi State looks good. I don't, I don't know. I like no two ways about it. They just Will Will Rogers is just like his point his point guard. Like he knows where to go with the football. Like he is Trey Young when he was in Oklahoma. Like you know, it's going to go through him. And you can't stop him. 
You know yeah. what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen, and you can't stop them. Uh, last week in the Mississippi State game, I forgot who they played, but um, uh, Texas A&M. They played A&M. There you go. Last week um, in that game, the commentator briefly mentioned after they went up like two scores. He was like, "Will Rogers going to have his name up in the rafters here at Starkville?" And I was like, "Whoa, we're we're there." I was like, "We're already there." I know he's good, but I didn't realize we were. We were put his name in the put his jersey in the rafters level at in Starkville. I mean, wow, that's yeah. okay. Good to know. It, it's that one thing. Well, it depends on how the season goes. The season is shaping up to be very good for them. Right, um, correct. I mean, like he'll never be a thing. I don't think he'll be as big as Dak Prescott because Dak Prescott has such big moments to him. But Will mm-hmm. Rogers holds at least now he holds several SEC records. Like he holds mm-hmm. the records for most completions by a quarterback, and the year's not over. And I don't think he's a senior. Um, no, he's a he's a sophomore who should be a junior because of the COVID. He's a sophomore who should be a junior because of the COVID year. He's a COVID sophomore. He's a COVID sophomore. Yes, sir. So it, he has at least okay. I don't think he's going to declare this year. So he, he probably, could declare this year. He could. I don't think he will. I don't think he will. So like betting favorite, he has at least one more year. He already mm-hmm. halfway through his sophomore year, his second year as a starter, has yes. the SEC records and completions. Correct. Yes, that Every is Every game he plays, that record becomes less attainable. Um, yes, correct. That is exactly so think, how that works. He'll never be, I don't think, I don't think, depending on I mean, what if, if they beat Alabama or something, that's different. But like, it, he'll mm-hmm. never, um, I rolled my eyes when I said that, by the way, uh, just in case anybody Podcasting was, is a visual medium. was joking. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have the iconic stuff that Dak Prescott has, but mm-hmm. um, the numbers know, he, are going to tra- be there. The numbers are just going to, are just going to do it for him. So um, let me, let me ask you a question then. Second question. Wow. Another question. Mississippi State. We revere you and I. Listen, Florida fans, as, as have your opinions on Dan Mullen all you want. But one thing I don't think that you can take away from Dan Mullen is his consistent high floor that he put at Mississippi State in the time he was there, um, and how successful he is, he was as a coach at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Mike Leach is a bit more flash in the pan, a lot of excitement quickly. And maybe isn't there to build long term on his program, maybe like what what Mullen was doing when he was at Starkville. Do you well, see this being at some point successful? Do you like do you see this lasting for a long time? Because you can't argue it's not successful right now, but you know? I mean, what Mullen changed Mississippi State is important to, to note. Like changed mm-hmm. what Mississippi State was. Okay. And or what they could be, the talent they were bringing in, the profile and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Mike Leach, I don't think it's ch- – I mean, it's changing the way they play because they're way more air raid now, obviously. But, like, um, I don't think it's changing anything about Mississippi State. I th- it's the Washington State-Texas teching of Mississippi State is happening right now where I'm like, cool, this is what Mississippi State is now. And it's a thing – I don't – I think there's a ceiling because, like, I mean, even even his best teams never won the division at Washington State. Like, mm-hmm. um but they were always consistently like eight win teams at the least. Yeah. And like on the really good years, they could win like double digits. But is that something that's sustainable in a division with Alabama, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Auburn, Ole Miss, LSU? When I when he was hired, I said no, but I think yes. Um, okay. Okay. It or or is, large, this success, is this success a, a result of an LSU team being a bit down? 
I think um, I was about to amend my answer. I think it might Auburn, be the fact yeah. of the inconsistency of the SEC West. Uh, the Got Mississippi it. schools are capitalizing on the fact that LSU is in shambles. Texas A&M has failed to live up to whatever they thought Jimbo would do because Jimbo keeps getting away with it. Um, mm-hmm. Auburn Arkansas is about um, to fire their coach. Like Arkansas Auburn. is not Again. as good as we thought they would be this year. Um, mm-hmm. And so and Alabama is even kind of having a down year. Um that won't in, matter. In but, relative to uh, past this, successes, yes. <laughs> yeah. But Ole Miss and Mississippi State are capitalizing on this, you know, where like they yeah. look like the consistent teams right now. Now, mm-hmm. Ole Miss, I think, is more likely to – Ole Miss is of the two schools. Ole Miss would be the more likely to change their standing within the within the division, like more permanently. I think mm-hmm. because Mississippi State is still the less recruitable of those two schools. And yes. So again, I, maybe that is it. Maybe it's like Mike Leach, who you know gives you like a floor, and like mm-hmm. um, there's something that you always have to defend against. And if they can't defend against the pass, then you're gonna beat them. Like, um, and but on top of that, it's just like the rest of the West is kind of in tatters. So I think yeah. maybe it's, it might be a stars aligning situation. Now I think it's we know Mike Leach is more like. Uh, replicatable than chip kelly because i'm like Mike, yes. all, all mike leach does is replace quarterbacks um yes exactly it's 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 nothing uh, new to, to mike leach he knows what he's how, doing there maybe maybe it's that maybe it's that thing where like mississippi state being this good this year is because of the, the way the west is got it got it got it okay all right good to know good to know recapping five wide and two point um Tyler, you have 22 points and I have 18 points. We didn't move in terms of difference. We just each got two more points. So it's still a four-point game. Um, still got to go for it late in the game in the red zone. So that's what we'll go at next week. Tyler, before we get into previewing this upcoming week college football with five wide and two point, let's talk Florida LSU. All right. LSU is coming right. into town, coming into Gainesville, 7 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. I... Okay. What, yeah, we're breathing because it's it's one of those. Listen, I think that over the past few weeks, LSU has shown that they're much more gettable than we may have thought um, either before the season or early on in the season. But at the same time, there is this kind of aura of, hey, it's still LSU. You know, they still got some good talent on that side of the ball on on uh, on their squad over there. And. I don't know. He'll never say it. Billy will never say it. He'll never say Billy's it. Billy's got this this game circled on his calendar in Sharpie. He is in prove it mode. Um, as you know, people, you know, it's been largely speculated that LSU was the job that he was waiting out for, and they looked over him because he was up the road in Lafayette um, and, you know, small time, and he wasn't a big enough name for the country club and the boosters at LSU. And so Florida said, we'll give you everything you want. And he said, fine, I'll go there. Um, And instead they went up and they got uh, Brian Kelly, who moved him and his family down to Louisiana. Um, What do you think Billy's approach is going to be to this game? Because that's where I think the real story is. Oh, that's tough. Because, like, I don't think the team – I don't think Billy is going to talk to his team any differently for this game. I think that's great. Billy Napier approaches things like he's like the way this won't be any different to the team in the way it's just like oh they don't have this circled like the team the team might because they lost this game last year but um Mm -hmm. they're not going to like I don't think he's going to change the way they approach the game from like a game prep practice perspective I think Billy's 
Billy's going to call this game a little differently than um, hmm. some of the games past. Like, not like passing more or running more is the thing. It's just like, I definitely felt like the last game and a couple of games is like, it's definitely been a, we're going to settle into this game. You know, we're yeah. going to, we're going to, we're going to see what the defense has given us. We're going to adjust off that. And then we're going to go. Um, this might be a game where he's like, we're going to establish what we want to do early on. And then obviously we're gonna make adjustments. Just like, no, we're going to, we're going to punch them in the mouth first. I, yeah. um, and, then, and like you said, it's, this is a weird. This is a weird game because as much as I, this game still gives me a lot of anxiety as a Florida fan because, like, even though LSU, in my opinion, has looked worse than Florida this this year, um, mm-hmm. there's still the aspect of like, well, we thought the same thing about them last year. They beat us. Um, yeah. I think has more to do with coaching and competency, but that's a whole, and that's not, I think, the issue here this year. Mm-hmm. It's like, what if Brian Kelly decides to trust Jaden Daniels for the first time all year in this game? Um, yeah. You know, like that, that very well could happen to us. I think, yeah, but like I said, I think the practice is not going to be approaching differently, but I think Billy deep down something within him is going to be like, I'm going to try to establish things more in this game rather than like, cause a lot, again, a lot of the game has been very much like, we're going to let it, we're still aggressive on fourth downs. We're still, you know, making all those analytical decisions, but it's like, we're not going to take the huge shots too early. We are going to mm-hmm you know, settle into the game and then adjust the whole blueprint of the Missouri game was very much was man. We won that game. Um, yeah, this will have that, but I think it's going to definitely be more like a, this is a rivalry game and it's a rivalry game that is personal to Billy Napier. So, um, you're going to, you're going to want to take some shots. So I equate this game to playoff basketball in the NBA Mm. where in the regular season, you start. You see, maybe nine or ten guys on each team getting regular minutes, um, and then the playoffs come around, and that gets shortened to six or seven guys. Because it's I need my guys that are going to win basketball games that are going to be there for me, the best players available. I'm gonna. I see that happening here. This being the game where Billy starts to tighten it up, and whereas you know the three-headed monster of um, Naquan Wright, uh, Trevor Etienne and Montreal Johnson have been kind of splitting carries fairly evenly. It's like a one or two carry difference between the three throughout the games. I think he starts to shorten up the snap count there. I think he goes just two guys, just Trevor, uh, just Montreal, really riding the hot hand saying, we're just going to go with the guy that gives the best chance. Same with the wide receivers um, on the defensive side of the ball. Pearsall's not stepping up. No, 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 and shorter because I think shorter and and um, Richardson have really started to develop some kind of chemistry Mm -hmm. there. Uh, I see those guys being out there longer on the defensive side of the ball. I see there being a much shorter leash for and this is no disrespect to Trey Dean because I do think he's a he's a good player. I just think that he makes mistakes a bit more often. I think Billy is going to use this game to this game will start for the rest of the season being the all right, much shorter leashes. We're playing the better guys in situations. We're going to see more of Kamari Wilson. We're going to see more of some of the younger guys. We're going to get those opportunities, I think, for them to show up on that stage. Not only because he understands that I really do need to play the best players possible um, because my system is working. I, I think it's very, we've made it clear, at least on our end, that we believe the system itself to be working. I'm going to play the best players possible, and I'm going to show that these recruits, because there's a lot of recruits coming in for this game on Saturday – I'm going to show these recruits that if you put the work in, if you work hard enough, if you are show show up and are the best player, you're going to get playing time early and you're going to earn that playing time. I'm not going to give it to you. And I think all of those stars are going to align 
for Billy's mentality with this game, with it being LSU, with it being a, a, a historic rival for the Gators, with it being this Brian Kelly, Billy Napier matchup, with it being at home, a night game in the swamp, it's sold out. There are a lot of factors going into this football game, and I'm giving myself goosebumps right now as I'm talking because I really believe this can be one of those games. This can be on the. This has the potential of being on the level with 2015 Ole Miss. This game has the potential of being on the level with 2019 Auburn that you and I were at. This has the potential of being on the level with the Utah game from the beginning of the season. All of this energy, all of these things are aligning where – the teams can be either evenly matched or one team is slightly better than the other. Doesn't matter. I really feel like this is a rivalry aspect. The rivalry part of the rivalry game is going to come in. Um, we've seen crazy things happen before. This is a crazy season to begin with. This is a wild year that we're going yeah. through. Um, can the team execute? Can the team put the best players in the right position to make those plays? We'll see on Saturday, but that's my and, like. And you got to keep it clamped down because, uh, I mean, LSU got run out of the building by Tennessee last week, but they mm-hmm. have won close games. And, lo- yep. like, I mean, they won that Auburn game. And largely because, and largely because Auburn just couldn't, just, you know, let themselves go at the end of it. But, mm-hmm. you know, they were down 17 points and they didn't let up another point and they won. You yeah. got it. This is going to be 60 minutes that you have to be. And they were on the road. And they were on the road yeah. in that game. You have, to, you have to be paying attention for 60 minutes in this game. So yes. this is a big game. This is, you know, this rivalry especially has definitely taken a lot of precedence uh, in the last like 10 years uh, in Florida fans' minds because just mm-hmm. this series is just so jam-packed with great games and there's such yeah. a hate, not, not only about hatred, but such a rivalry there um, that goes beyond the history. It's more of just... Both teams want to win this game badly. Both yeah. fan bases want to win this game badly. I wouldn't say there's bad blood necessarily, this isn't, you know, I wouldn't say there's we, bad we've blood. Just, we've just really pissed off each other's seasons. <laughs> yeah, really. They've, they've been really bad to us, and we've we've ruined some of theirs. Like, um, so, who? What? What? What's your prediction? I it scares me, but I I think Florida's going to win. I think Florida's a better team. This thing, it's not pretty, but I think it's the same thing I felt about Missouri, where I was just like. Yeah, it's not pretty, but Florida is better than Missouri. Mm-hmm. And in 60 minutes, I think that's going to win out. And like looking back, you're just like, I don't know if Florida's better than Kentucky. I don't know if Florida's better than Tennessee. But Florida's Florida's been, Florida's better than Missouri. Um, yeah. And it's like, I think Florida's better than LSU. And I think I, I agree. There are struggles I on both sides. I think it's a close game. Yeah, there, I, I do think it's a close game. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think we're the type of team that starts – blowing people out just yet i just don't think that we have the capability the system's not there it's too early um most games Billy's played have been close games um yeah. it's but it's the thing where i think lsu struggles have been largely because the, there's the lack of alignment not trusting players um coaching things mm-hmm. i think florida struggles have largely been the roster is just not exactly where they want it to be just yet I'll take that over yeah. not trusting Jaden Daniels. Yeah. Billy Napier trusts I, Anthony Richardson. He trusts him maybe too much. Like, um, yeah, you're right. But I, Billy Napier trusts his players and he trusts yeah. himself. And I, I think, and in the night and under the lights of the swamp, I think that's going to go a long way. I agree. Um, I also, I want to mention, I didn't mention this in the last. This thing, game but scares me, by the way. I, I, I've this said game it scares times, me. I scares me. 
I also think it's I also think the Gators win. I also think it's a close game. I'm I'm talking 24-21, like I'm 21-20, like we're within a field goal difference, which makes me nervous because our field goal kicker um, yeah. <laughs> last week missing you know not not doing too great not Florida doing too hot. six more points in that game i forgot to mention yeah like, that game yeah. should not have been I'm that worried. close <laughs> I'm, i i think you can get away with that against missouri i don't know if you can get away with that against lsu yeah um i will say this though last week one thing i didn't mention a positive that we had one penalty and it was a five yard i think it was a delay a game or a false start it was a false start late in the game in a bad time like Terrible coming time out of a timeout penalty. coming out of a timeout false start late in the game Very on a third upsetting. down don't want to do it but there was only one to that now, point granted, in the fourth quarter we had not gotten yes. a penalty some of that is and granted, random refereeness like yes uh, we probably should have gotten a couple call a couple of calls should have gone Missouri's way that didn't i will admit that um but at most it was two or three penalties throughout the whole game and i think that is a drastic difference um, with what's going on, the punt return that we had really set a tone. I think that was really good because we've been struggling on special teams. We need those things to click. We need keep that in mind. Special we need teams defense to play field, well. In this field game. goal kicking. Special teams need defense to play well. Yep. Like, Discipline, defense. Um, for the love of God, no. If you're in Gainesville and you see Ventro Miller anywhere, you pick him up and you walk him to class because I do not want that man's foot on the ground until he has to play on Saturday. Please, for the love of everything that is holy. Y'all all see right? the sidewalks in Gainesville? Uh-uh. Please, steal one of the scooters and give it to him. I don't care, all right? Don't let that man – stay away from that man. Put him in a glass box. Put him in a hyperbaric chamber until Saturday, please. Um I, I said it I, I've written it multiple times on Gators Wire, but he is to me, he's Florida's best play, best and most important player. I Full agree. stop. I agree. Hands down. As much as we love Anthony Richardson, as much as we love Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne and Osiris Torrance, without Ventrell Miller, this team is not four and two. This team might be two and four. Just yeah. saying. Okay, we both got close victories. Um, Tyler, we're running a little over on time here, so let's just kind of run through these five wides yeah. real quick. Lots of fun uh, you, games going you go on. go first this week. Um, I go first, correct. Yes. Yeah, we alternate picks for those that are new. We alternate picks. Um, we also do them in order of kickoffs, so that way you can tr- we try to give you like a – We try menu. to find at least one game per window uh, to yeah. go ahead and slide in there. So we start with the noon window. Um First one we got is number 10, Penn State, taking on number five, Michigan. It is a 12 o'clock noon kickoff Eastern on Fox. I go first, Tyler. Um, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Sean Clifford, you, you, you're trying out there, and I respect it, but I don't see you being good enough to beat Michigan. Um, this is where Penn State gets that loss. I think Michigan – this is the toughest game Michigan has up until they get to, you know, Ohio State and rivalry week. And again, the, Michigan is a really good team that deserves to be in the top five. But man, is their schedule a cakewalk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will take Michigan last week. They struggled. Mm-hmm. They did. They did indeed. Uh, I say that. And I'm going to have to agree with you, though, because I'm going to be okay. completely honest with you. I don't know anything about Penn State this season. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Penn I've seen, not I've seen some of their games. Me. Yeah, I mean, and it's like, uh, here's 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 my question: Is Sean Clifford still the quarterback? He is the quarterback. Okay, then I know what Penn State is. Um, give me Michigan. <laughs> um, 
Yep, I'll take Michigan there as well. Okay, Tyler, the three thirty, CBS game of the week. The number three ranked Alabama Crimson Tide are heading to Rocky Top to take on the number six ranked Tennessee Volunteers. Game college game day will be on site again for the second time in Knoxville this season. I don't blame them. This is hands yeah. down the biggest game of the week. We need to have a dialogue. Do we legitimately think that Tennessee can get a victory in the third Saturday in October this year? You go first, my friend, so you get to pick. Uh, I will answer that question. Um, look, no one, <laughs> wants, no one wants to admit this more than me. No, no one mm-hmm. wants to admit this less than me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live in a world where Tennessee is good. <laughs> right. But fate seems to disagree with me. Um, and look, I just was looking it up. It is not a clear Bryce Young will be back for this game. Oof. It is not clear. Uh, Jalen Milrow is fine. Like, and uh, uh, Alabama can win most of the games just handing the ball off to Jameer Gibbs. Um, yeah. I want to clarify that. They're on the road. Um, Bryce Young, it's very much like we're going to hopefully have Bryce Young. That's not good enough to me to be like, yes, we're going to, yeah, we're going to have Bryce Young barring a setback, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't Nick Saban's quiet with me. I don't know. But it doesn't, the vibe does not seem to be like, oh, we're for sure going to have Bryce Young back. He might be a little injured, but we'll have him. It's one of those like, he might still not be able to play. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also, it, I want to clarify, Tennessee's defense, I still think is not very good. <laughs> um, but Tennessee has done nothing but score points this season. Um, they've gotten better every game at that. Hendon Hooker, his deep ball is the best in the country right now. It's really like, good. That deep, really ball, good threw, deep ball. The deep ball he threw against LSU, that was quite honestly one of probably the most accurate deep balls I may have ever seen in my life. Like, um, yeah. The wide receiver had to do nothing. It was just there, hand delivered to him. Now, common sense is telling me, like, okay, so what? It's Tennessee. You know Josh Heupel's not that good of a coach compared to Nick right. Saban. They already won their clicker last, last week at home. <laughs> um, and Tennessee's defense is not as good as Texas A&M's defense. Um, but for the sake of making it interesting, Okay. I'm going to pick Tennessee. Okay. Also, I have to put my money where my – I have to, like, atone a little bit because I've been picking against them and they keep proving me wrong. And, like, you know, I, I, I got I to show I that I'm you. open to change. I got to show that I'm open to change. And, hey, hey, guys, guess what? Gator fans, coming close. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to jinx them. I'm trying my best. Like, <laughs> um, but I do – I actually do think as previous years, whenever there's, like, a challenger team, I'm always like, yeah, okay, they can't beat Alabama. Tennessee has the blueprint where if it goes right, they have the offense to compete with Alabama because that's always what it's been. It's like you've got to be able to throw the ball with a great quarterback. Tennessee has that. Don't think their defense is good enough. If Bryce Young was for sure playing in this game, I'd pick Alabama. But Jalen Miller was playing in this game. Jalen Miller fumbles the ball a lot. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, I don't think this is – I think this is close. Either Bama wins by a lot or Tennessee wins by a little. And I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna is, take the, t- I'm gonna make the difficult decision for me and pick Tennessee. I'm gonna stop talking. This now. is tough. This is tough. Whew. Okay, that was me breathing through it. Um, I think, 
so uh, my dilemma is that I, 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 my gut wants me to take Tennessee. I really do. My gut wants me to take Tennessee because I can see the way that this system is designed. The stars are aligning for Tennessee right now. This is very much a, oh my gosh, this could happen situation. Um, Alabama's biggest issue is um, their wide receivers. They don't really have the stud stud. They don't got the guy this year. They don't, they, they don't have a quote unquote guy, right? They don't have one this year. And I am concerned that if Tennessee scores 14 quick points, that a Bryce Young less Alabama Crimson Tide can't really I'm not I don't want to say can't go blow for blow, but they can't I they have uh, not shown us Jalen Miller has not shown us that he could go blow for blow. He exactly. Could, yes. But he, he could. he's only we don't played know. he's only started one game and played in two. Like Yeah. Um and at the he, same time, yeah. I it's one of these it's a philosophical thing, right? What do we always talk about? Nick Saban after losing a natty. What does he do? Revenge year. Revenge year. He got the close win over Texas. He ended up beating Arkansas with his backup quarter, you know, his after his quarterback went out of halftime. They killed him. Like he killed Arkansas. He as difficult as it was to win the game against Texas A&M, he got that Jimbo revenge. He was able to get it. He was able to go in there and he was able to get the victory that he needed and he snuck one out after all the offseason drama and all of those things. So I think because of that, off of principle, as much as I actually like Tennessee in this football game, I'm going to have to go with Alabama. Um, it also doesn't hurt that you know I'm down against you and you are picking Tennessee here. So all of those things, in my opinion, are kind of aligning. I'm going to take Alabama in this game. Tough pick, but I'm going to take Alabama in this game. All right, Tyler, next up, we have Oklahoma State taking on TCU. 3.30 kickoff on ABC. You get uh, – I get the first pick, excuse me. Um, for this one, I'm going to take Oklahoma State. All the things that I said before, I like Derek Mason's defensive play calling. I think Spencer Sanders is showing up. He's starting to get there. Um, and as much as I do like um, Max Dugan. Duggan. Duggan. Max Duggan um, and Sonny Dykes, and I think he's done a great job at TCU – I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and, and take Oklahoma State. I think as we said last week, I think the Big 12 runs through Stillwater. I really do think that they are the one seed. They're going they are going to be playing in the Big 12 championship game. It's a matter of does TCU who are they playing against? <laughs> who are they playing against exactly? So, um we'll go we'll go with that. So, I will take I mean Kansas is still alive. To, I mean Kansas. Kansas Texas, still te- still Texas has only lost one conference game. Yep. So, could could be there. I, I would love to see a Texas Oklahoma State um matchup. But it's going to be kind of weird after, you know, our Kansas Jayhawks run the table on the rest of the Big 12. So yeah, it's going to be I mean, kind, of kind of weird. Of course. Um, I'll take Oklahoma State. Who do you want? Uh, you know, you like Max Duggan. I like him a little bit more. Um, <laughs> oh. I, I, I like I like TCU. I like TCU's offense. I like the only the only offense that has slowed TCU down all season was Colorado in the first game. And then they've looked dynamite after that. So Well, that's that um, was a fluke, too, because we know what Colorado yeah. is now. So Yeah. Uh. All right, um, good call. Yeah, I'm going to go with TCU. NC State taking on Syracuse, 3.30 Eastern on the ACC Network. We are picking this game purely out of principle. We could have chosen Clemson FSU, but we went with this one because Syracuse 
is five and zero, and Syracuse yeah. is four and zero in the ACC. Uh, an applause for them. Congratulations, Tommy DeVito. They were on a bye last week, but in the week before in their victory, Tommy DeVito went out with an ankle injury. Still unsure if he's going to be there to play against NC State. It is a home. Excuse me. It is a home game in the Carrier Dome, so Carrier Dome. They do have a little bit of home field advantage there. NC State two weeks ago came off that close loss to Clemson. They get the come from behind victory against Florida State, nineteen to seventeen this past week. Good on them with their backup quarterback because their quarterback went down. Um, I think they completed they completed I think two two passes in the fourth quarter. Some ridiculous statistic like that. Um, so they they I are you know, an interception. <laughs> they did. They did. I know. Um, so, you know, coming in a pat decision by Jordan Travis, by the way, don't, don't throw that man. Don't throw that ball. Anyway, this isn't about FSU. This is about NC state and Syracuse. Tyler, you pick first. Who do you got? Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Syracuse. Um, respect to the undefeated respect to the, the five and O. Um, I don't know. I think Gary Dome's got the magic in it. It's such a weird sentence to say. Uh, but also like <laughs> NC State, as good as NC State can be, it's always that thing where I'm like, yeah, but they keep messing up here and there, or they're just and in a battle of in a battle of possibly going backup quarterbacks. I think given what they've shown on the field this season, I will trust Syracuse in that situation more. Um, I I am inclined to 100% agree with you. I will be taking Syracuse as well for that reason. Um, I think NC State has a better roster. So I watched their game. It was Friday night against Virginia. They ended up winning 22 to 20. It was one of those like ugly games. I will say the record that Syracuse has had so far, not the best. Louisville at home, UConn on the road, which why are you going to UConn, Louisville, uh, Syracuse? Anyway, Purdue at home, a three-point victory. Virginia at home, a two-point victory. Then they played Wagner, 59-0. So that's, you know, that's a their their FCS game. Uh, this is in the JMA Wireless Dome. It's no longer the Carrier Dome, Tyler. We misspoke earlier. What? But, um, I mean, it will always be the Carrier Dome in my heart. So let's be 100% real. But I, that I is where we're reject, at right now. Re- embrace tradition. Reject modern Embrace opinion. tradition. Um, you know what? Is this the – you know what? Forget it. I'm flip flip me flip me. I'm going to go right, I'm going right. to go with NC State because I mean I'm of two schools of mind. Does Syracuse continually pull off these close games where they're down at times and come back or whatever or does it finally come back to bite them in the butt? I think it comes back to bite them in the butt because I think NC State top to bottom is a better roster. So Cool. Uh, and I'm losing to you, so I, I need to catch up. You, you, you need to be catching up, yeah. I this is need dangerous to be up. for me. I, I it is very dangerous. <laughs> All right, cool. It is very dangerous. Next Absolutely. One. Next one, number seven, USC, heading to Salt Lake City to take on number 20, Utah, 8 o'clock kickoff on Fox. I have the first pick on this one. Okay. Okay. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is the UCLA referendum game. Why is this the UCLA referendum game? Great question, ladies and gentlemen. Let me answer that. This is the UCLA referendum game because I believe that the result of this game will tell us if UCLA is legit. We have said before that we believe USC will lose multiple games this season. Doesn't mean they're a bad football team. Doesn't mean that Lincoln Riley wasn't the right hire. Doesn't mean that they're on the wrong path. Just think that in year one with some injuries that are going down like a Jordan Addison, I believe there to be room for slip up. I think coming off of a really competitive loss to UCLA, 
I think that Utah bounces back. I think that they gave USC their first loss of the season. And I think if you're a USC fan, you have nothing to be worried about. You have nothing to be afraid of, nothing to be ashamed of. This is a lesson in we're just – it's just not going to get there as quick as we thought it would. There's going to be slip-ups. It's going to happen. I'll take Utah to win at home over USC. Who do you have, Tyler? I, I agree with a lot of your uh, thought process, but I actually – but at the same time, I have been really impressed by USC. Um, now, definitely there's room for slip-up, but – I've been really impressed with how quickly Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley pick up right where they left off. And this team looks different. Like it just feels different than the USC teams of the past, you know, not that it feels like a playoff team or anything like that, but you know, I'm feeling something more similar. Um, I think it's going to be a really close game. Utah, it being at Utah. I love that. I think it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. I'm going to go with USC. I'm going to go with USC. Um, I'm really opening myself up to lose my lead here this week. Oh, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with USC uh, as a, you know an Angelino right now. I have oh, of to course su- I have to support the playoff contender that's in my hometown. Of course, hometown. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. No, and as a big as a Big Vice Ten residents. guy, you know, oh, right, as a Big Ten up. resident, you know. <laughs> Tyler, uh, what is your two point game of the week? Again, listeners. I do not know what Tyler's two point game and he can't is. Can't pick the same game as me, so and I cannot pick the same game exactly. We so that's why a, we alternate on who yeah. goes first. That's we also have a gentleman's agreement that we, you know, if one of us has a real problem with like, uh, oh, you're going to pick Ohio State to beat Maryland? No, thank you. Yeah. That that's like a get to gimme. Um, right, right, right. But I am going to take something from you this week, Sergio. What are you doing? Who are you taking? It's a battle of your boys and. You brought me onto it. I'm riding this Kansas Jayhawks uh, caravan till it till it fall, wheels fall off until they're decayed and reclaimed by the passage of time. Kansas mm-hmm. is beating Oklahoma. Um, wow! 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 Put wow. it in stone. Lance Cole okay. beating Oklahoma. Jalen Daniels or Jason Beam? It don't matter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, does Dylan Gabriel playing really matter for how I feel about this? Yeah, sure, whatever. But I'm gonna stick. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with my guns. I think Kansas bounces back because I think Kansas has it in them. When you said it's gonna be a battle uh, of your boys, I thought you were gonna take Arkansas playing BYU because oh, I have been high on both of those this teams this season. That is weak. Yes, and it's in Provo, and it's in Provo. So. God, that's so good. That's a good game. Um, there's okay, other, good there's, pick. There's a couple other games I I, I almost picked too. Auburn misses this week. Yes, it is. Um, another, a, a few more games that I was considering. James Madison over Georgia Southern. That is a 4 o'clock kickoff on ESPN+. Plus. James Madison, shout out to them. They are ranked number 25 in the country. Congrats First to them. First year in the FBS and they're ranked. First year in FBS. They are not eligible for the postseason or for their conference championship because they are in their transition season. Um, and so they will be next year. So keep an eye out for the the Dukes next year in the Sun Belt, but um, lots of lots of games, lots of interesting games here. We got North Carolina Duke, we got Clemson FSU, we've got Wisconsin Michigan State in a mid off. We've got <laughs> we've got Miami Virginia Tech. 
We've got Minnesota, Illinois. Um, but I think the game that I am going to choose, Tyler, I think the game that I'm going to choose is going to take place on Thursday. So we are recording on Tuesday. You will be listening to this on Wednesday. So it'll be out there. Tyler, the two point that I will be choosing will be happening on Thursday. It will be Baylor traveling to West Virginia to take on the Mountaineers. This one's going to be tough. I'm going to go with the upset and I'm going to go with West Virginia beating Baylor. I know, I know, I know. This is definitely a, I am pushing my chips to the middle of the table. I am asking the dealer to double down, put the card face down. I don't want to see it until after this is, yeah, I'm going with that. I'm going to go with West Virginia to pull the upset over Baylor. Um, I like Baylor. I just think situationally, I think this if if West Virginia is going to be a Big 12 team this season, it's going to be at home on a short week with all of these situations happening. Um, this is purely an emotional pick. This is not much of a of a logic pick, but I, I, it's one of those gut feeling things. So let's hope it works out. If not, I look like an idiot, but I do that all the time anyway. Um, that game is Thursday night. It's a seven o'clock kickoff on FS1 and Kansas over Oklahoma Tyler's two point. That is a noon kickoff and that will be broadcast on ESPN two. Um, so to recap the five wide and the two point this week, we got Penn state taking on Michigan at noon on Fox. We both got Michigan in that game, Alabama taking on Tennessee in the three thirty. CBS game of the week. I have Alabama. Tyler has Tennessee, Oklahoma state taking on TCU at three 30 on ABC. I have Oklahoma state. Tyler has TCU. NC State taking on Syracuse at 3.30 Eastern on the ACC Network. I have NC State. Tyler has Syracuse. And to finish off the evening on five wide, USC traveling to Salt Lake City to take on Utah. Eight o'clock kickoff on Fox. Tyler has USC. I have Utah. And our two points, Kansas over Oklahoma. That's Tyler's. And mine is West Virginia over Baylor. Um, Tyler, we are (laughs) only aligned on one game this week. So this is a massive volatility. If you mess it, <laughs> what about you? You're the one picking two. Why is it always me? Why does it got to be me messing it up? No, I said Michigan. I said Michigan. If you mess this up, oh, I thought you said man. If you mess but, it up, I was like, no, what are you no, talking no. about? We both pick I mean, separately. I am giving you. I am giving you a massive opportunity to. If best case scenario for you, you uh, you come uh, two points ahead of me. Okay, I like to see it. So you mean to tell me that I could be tied with you but still lose my two-point? Yeah. That's a good two-point. That is a good two-point. That is a responsible two-point. Listeners, you will discover that like we have to – later in the season, we have to seriously battle um, bias to be like, I could pick this, but I need to pick up points. So I think I'm going to say – I think I'm going to believe in Ole Miss. <laughs> also, also, the chess match of if I have like a three-point lead, I just pair myself with whatever picks Tyler has just so that I can – Yeah, just so it keeps – it's fun. It's a good time. It's, it's a good time. It's fine. Next week, we'll be back. We'll be recapping week seven. We'll be previewing week eight. We will talk about what happens in the LSU-Florida football game, 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. 
And next week is a bye week, so we won't be previewing any Gator games. We may come up with something to kind of get like a little midseason checkup to see how we're doing on the Gators, but we will not be previewing any games next week. Um, we have opened up as a minus three favorite against the bye week, so you know, hoping that we can cover that can one time. I think we can yeah. handle it. Injury, injury. Um, we'll, have to, we'll have to stay healthy in this next game. We, uh, no, that, that that is that's not a joke. That is very <laughs> serious. <laughs> um, but that's that's it. Well, thank you to GatorsWire.com. You can find all the uh, Florida Gators coverage there on GatorsWire.com. You can find my writing there. You can find this podcast there every single Wednesday. Um, we hope you come back next week for more. Um, with all that being said, Tyler, anything you want to say before we sign off? No, uh, welcome to all the new listeners. If you're, uh, hope you stay with us. Uh, we have fun here on this podcast. Um, yes, we do. That's, I mean, honestly, that's the, that's the main reason we do it. Yes, I, we love college football and everything, but it means yeah. that we have we have fun doing this. So I hope you join us, join us for the ride, and hopefully, I don't know, get better at understanding college football because of us who we think are good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think I know what I'm talking about, but sometimes, yeah, sometimes I don't, so. I don't know. Like <laughs> I, I just picked Tennessee against Nick Saban. So I don't know how good of an idea that was. And, and, and I implied the Saban principle. So I'm very glad that I am on the right side of that. Is so I think, so I think we'll find out next week, Tyler. We'll find out next week. Uh, this has been another episode of sideline judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not biased, Tyler, but go Gators. Go Gators. Gators.